Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Caleb. I'm Colin. And I'm Notch. This week, Minnesota beat Vancouver. Arsene Wenger has his last home game, and El Clasico makes the Caseco Varico. Welcome to this rainy episode of We Call It Soccer. We finally got our April showers, except they were in May. Very unfortunate. Very unfortunate. And it was 90 yesterday. Yeah, that was extremely unfortunate. I had to put the AC in. Yeah. I had my AC running this weekend. It was... I didn't like it. It's May. It should be, you know, 60s, 70s, not... Yeah. I'm just rocking the... Sit in the basement and have it be 15 degrees cooler than everywhere else in the house still. You got a finished basement? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And, like, seriously... Upstairs, it was about 80 degrees. Downstairs, 67. Yeah, that yeah. sounds really nice. So beautiful. I could hang out in my basement, but I'd just be hanging out with like centipedes and spiders, basically. That's it. And concrete floor. Bunch of stuff like thrown in there. But not not exactly the, the kind of place you want to hang out in very much. And uh, former co-host of this podcast are now still down there, right? How do you know that? That's not something I'm supposed to know. Okay, um, guess I gotta need to take you I for a trip DMs. in the basement. Actually, do you want to go check it out? Let's, oh, yeah, let's, sure, let's yeah, go. Let's yeah. go. All right, next week with new hosts, we call it soccer. Bye forever, Caleb. All right, hey, we should uh, get into talking about soccer here, and uh, it's time to move into our first segment that we call United Passions. Our sport has a bright future ahead. In United Passions, we talk about the United we are most passionate about. Minnesota United FC, who we have to talk about first the fact that they kind of screwed us as soon as we recorded last week. They <laughs> traded Sam Nicholson to the Colorado Rapids and got Eric Miller in return. A trade decried by the initial Loon fan base reaction as terrible. It's the worst. We love Sam Nicholson. What's going on? The front office doesn't know what they're doing. I'm just going to throw this out there. Who the fuck liked Sam Nicholson before the trade happened? Like, I, I know I, at least I one thought person. he was fine. His tattoos were nice. Yeah, he, he had one or two that were like regretful decisions. I mean, I sure. Mean, how many aren't in the world? <laughs> honestly, uh, my wife Taylor really, really liked Stan Nicholson because she said because he played really hard. But I know because she found him attractive. Come on, it's true. Yeah, hey. I mean, I can see it. Hey, hey, yeah, hey. it's fine. It's, I mean, we did propose that all Minnesota United players wear shorter shorts and low cut tops, but that was only because of footballing reasons, okay? These guys get really hot, Yeah, all right? We had a, we had a water so, break during right. this game. Exactly. So, so I mean, all these things, it's not, you know, because of the reasons people think, Caleb. You know, <laughs> she likes his football. That's it, okay? Okay. All right. Well, but you're right, Colin. Sam Nicholson got two goals in over a thousand minutes. Sure, he was working hard. He was working his butt off. His game this year was better, but... And so I'm not saying he's bad, but honestly, with the amount of reaction there is, I want to come out and be like, he was the worst. I'm glad he's gone. I hated the guy. Because, like, it was such an irrationally negative reaction. Yes, he was good. Yes, we had to get... We had to give away someone good to get someone good. And Eric Miller is really freaking good as a fullback, and he's 24. He's 24, y'all. I thought he's 25. He's 25, but he's still, 25. It doesn't matter. I he's guess a, the trade wasn't worth it. <laughs> he's a he's a good defender and in a position that we are very lacking in quality. The and, whole league is lacking depth. in quality. And we now have two fullbacks 
under the age of 25, which is two more than we had all of last year. So, yay. Yeah. The other aspect to this, Eric Miller is a very strong defensive fullback. That's precisely what we've needed out on the flanks. It's like nobody had watched the last four games before this one. Like, we were getting smoked on the fucking, like, fullbacks every single game. It wasn't even like, oh, one game they'd have a good one. No, it was like repeatedly we're like, what is Marshburg doing? Oh, no, Manly is not quite good enough yet. If you had watched any of our games, you'd say like, this trade is exactly what we need. It kind of hurts, but it's it's worth it. Yeah, I think that's that's the correct reaction. And it's like, oh, I'm going to miss Sammy. He was fun to watch, but we needed this trade to happen. Right. And um, I was listening to the 55.1 podcast earlier today and Wes was saying that we were interested in Eric Miller, but some but uh, trade talks cooled down, and then the last day they called back and said, "How about Sam Nicholson for Eric Miller?" Like, yes, absolutely. And w- as soon as Tintero came in, you saw Sam Nicholson's effectiveness and kind of importance in the offensive play kind of diminish. Um, he wasn't as, um, I guess, important to be on the ball for our offensive going forward. And for the Taylors of this world, I just want to say, uh, Sam Nicholson started his first game for the Rapids. Roger Espinosa at one point yanking on his pants. And yeah, so absolutely. you might get more of a yeah. chance of seeing what you want. I told them to just watch their games from now on. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know. Um, so anyway, let's move on now to talk about our game where we played Vancouver. Got a 1-0 win despite going down to 10 men. A, a fortuitous result for Minnesota, yes? Yes. Yes, absolutely, yes. So, so where to even start? Let's start with the weather. It was hot. It was 90 minutes of very hot weather. Not the best way to start a game uh, a game week of three games. Yeah, uh, but we should say that Eric Miller, immediately into the starting lineup, uh, started right back. Um, LT Gomez, after his 12 minutes cameo against Houston, started um, on the left wing in Sammy's spot. And, you know, the first... 20, 25 or so minutes. It was pretty much back and forth between Vancouver and Minnesota. Um, not <laughs> a mean, whole lot. I mean, Vancouver had more, had more quality, a better quality of chances, but there were both, it was a kind of a free-flowing game. Yeah, I, Vancouver definitely came out quite hot. Um, Anthony Blundell um, was quick early. Uh, the first 10 minutes were kind of heart in throat at times. Um, but there was a couple of good saves from Shulworth during that period. Through, Once, uh, well, throughout, but uh, at least in in that ten minute span, yeah, like I think there was like three, two or three. Yeah, there were three very clear cut chances for Vancouver in that for, in those first ten minutes, and uh, luckily none of them went in. Um, some good defending um, by Jerry to clear a juicy rebound, and some good saves by Shuttleworth. We should mention that uh, Jerry starting on our right. Miller had started on the left, actually, because oh, yeah, the right. reason was was because Alfonso Davies was on the right, where Tiesan was placed in, to counter him because yeah. Tiesan was seen as more experienced. He was seen as having more time with the team, so just a, a better in a better place to counter this really fast attacking town from Vancouver, who still, I think got behind Jerry a few times. The problem was that Jerry was going straight up front. Like, there were occasions on which Jerry would hit the box, get the ball, and then prevent it from going out for a goal kick. So yeah. he was at the literal other end of the pitch, and then he had to run all the way back to Connor Davies. And um, Jerry did a pretty good job defending 
uh, Davies. And when he was beaten, uh, Botsall was right there. So yes. they definitely t- could tell they worked at that in practice. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it worked really well. And Jerry's overlapping runs, just to come into something else that Jerry was doing, was one of those... Um, offensive things I think we can be impressed with you mentioned Gomez earlier he looked like he had a lot of energy and spark he was just trying to create things still looks like he hasn't had much time with the team that's the way he looked like on the pitch so but I think he's very promising for the future another guy who worked his butt off during this game though Miguel Ibarra absolutely absolutely Uh, three game winning assists and now a game winning goal um and we have won four games all for the four games uh it's safe to say he's been our best player this year so far. That could be an argument for Bobby, but... I think I the think... fact that Bobby was out for a few games, yeah. um, I think if, Miguel has to yeah, take has that Yeah, Miguel for sure. And his goal was just that drive and that motor to keep following the play. Um, his, We should probably start with the red card, though, because we were down to 10 minutes. Well, point. let's talk about the goal real okay. quick and then go ahead back. Um, quick counterattack... Uh, Quintero gets the ball midfield, pivots, finds Lucio Gomez, streaking on the left-hand side. Gomez, who's, as far as I can tell from watching him, is all left foot, somehow turns the defender and goes towards the byline, crosses it in with, with his left foot, a low, far post cross, which, watching it, I was like, oh, I feel really bad for those Vancouver defenders. I know what it's like to be on the end of those. And Miguel, apparently no one saw him. I don't know what happened, but he... Gets a shot off. Great save by Marino, Marinovic. Then rebound pops up. He falls up. Boston was literally standing there with his hands on his hips watching the ball until he reacted. But he was too late. Adolfo Ibarra, his first of the year, he definitely deserved the way he's been playing this year so far. One thing that I think gets lost in that is the fact that that play started with Miguel providing support all the way back yeah, yeah, probably about eighty yards that I had to run over a fifteen-second span. I mean, on a hot day like that, when you're already down a man, that level of work rate to get yourself into a position and then somehow get behind the Vancouver defense—it it, it was impressive. Our other attacker on the day, Mason Toy, well, one of two others left. Quintero was was pretty good in this game. But Mason Toy placed into a starting role, managing to have probably the worst possible debut you can as a rookie striker. Doesn't really do all that much initially in the game. He had one great pass to Ibsen, which Ibsen mishit, so it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, but managed to stay out of the fray. Alexi Gomez taking most of the attention with Quintero and Ibarra. But then... In the second half, he's so Toy's been basically poked and prodded by Kendall Waston the whole game. If you've heard this podcast, you've heard us talk about Kendall Waston's red cards, yellow cards, fouls. He is an expert at stirring shit. Mm-hmm. And when he saw Mason Toy as a young player playing his first start, I mean that was that was a big bullseye on Mason Toy's chest and on his back. Uh, you know they all have them <laughs> on the chest. Yeah, but there was also but, one on his back. He had two. Yeah, exactly. You do where everyone else B- is. Big mistake from our equipment manager to put that on there. Right, really, right. Really poor decision. So, so Watson was stirring shit with Toy the whole game. Toy took the bait and elbowed him real hard. Uh, personally, I was very satisfied to see Watson getting that elbow in the chest and finally going down. Like, that was a very satisfying moment. I, I still think he sold it a little bit, which made you, think, made you a little bit sad. I wish he wasn't selling it and it was actually that hard. But I think yeah. he sold it a little bit. 
I don't think he even, even if he hadn't sold it and just went down, he got elbowed basically in the solar plexus. Right. Like, that's going to send somebody down. And even with pro refereeing, that's an obvious red card. Yeah. Everyone that said, hey, that was soft, that was soft, they saw the replay about two minutes later and then realized, oh, Oh, that's what happened. Absolutely deserved it. This is the kind of mistake I think Bruce McGuire said on Twitter, Denard. Um, you get to make this mistake once. Yeah. And that's it. You 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 learn your lesson and then you got to never do this kind of thing again. And unfortunately, what this has left us with is no striker for LA, which we'll talk about in a second here. But um, so that's what got us down to 10 men in this game. And Minnesota managing to hold on, I think... You mentioned Boxel. He had a great game. Boxel, um, Calvo. Our defensive um, line probably had their best game yeah. of the season so far. And uh, Almsford came in late in the game, and so did Manley. Um, but and both did enough to, you know, get some credit, but also not put Bobby Shuttleworth in any sort of danger. Eric Miller coming off with what looked like heat-related cramps for yeah. Yeah. for Manley, um, not taking the risk of leaving him out there. But I think we really do need to highlight again just how important Bobby was. I think Minnesota has can be proud of the fact that they have two wins, but this game could have easily been a 5-1 to one drubbing for Vancouver if Bobby Shuttleworth hadn't been there on every single shot. Early on, he makes a goal-line clearance. He made that great diving save on Breckshay's shot. Um, many, many other little saves throughout this game. And, I mean, really, I, I was a little alarmed at how much action he got. Um, so I don't think Minnesota's backline issues are fixed yet. I think we need a lot more work. But, damn, I'm happy to have Bobby back. Yeah, It's, it's not like you're not going to have a bunch of shots on target when you're bunkering. Like, Minnesota played a 5-3-1 for the last... 15 or so minutes they accepted a ton of shots and you know that's that's what happens you do tend to have to rely on your keeper to make a couple of circus saves so long as of course those shots are from outside the box but but i mean yeah shawworth was standing on his head and that's exactly what you need when you're sheltered down like that yeah but that was i'm not just talking about those minutes like yordi reina comes on in the uh, 63rd minute which by the way vancouver kept all its kind of big name stars reina kamara and shea on the bench and start brought kamara and reina in together in the 63rd reina hits the crossbar there was in the 70th minute there was just a lot of vancouver just got a lot of goal line um a lot of looks at goal which i think is something that we need we need to close down for a team like, for example, LA that has Carlos Vela um, in there. Marcos Urania looks to still be injured, which is good for us. But they got Diego Rossi, um, Latif Blessing has scored some goals. They got Lee Wynn probably starting his first game on Wednesday. It, we're not going to get that lucky if if we're not able to really close down and if we give them as much of Bobby as as Vancouver got. I'm just going to throw this out there: five four one. Yeah. yeah. Bunker the same way that you did in the last 15 minutes, except for have an extra midfielder in there who can actually provide some pressure on the ball. Let's talk about this for only two minutes, because this is all going to be basically we get proven right or wrong. 
Um, so I don't want you kind of making predictions, but I want you to tell me what you would do approaching these next two games. Because we're playing in a hot LA, presumably hot LA game on Wednesday, and then we're going to come back and play an afternoon game on San Jose, which thankfully does seem to be the prediction is that it's going to be the forecast is that it's going to be a cooler 50s, day you're right which is going to be Perfect. fantastic and yeah. welcome so so if you're inchi you have no striker uh ramirez has traveled with the team but unless you know jesus himself came down and like fixed him which you know he yeah, might have it could happen um he's probably still not fully fit probably not um putting Tintero as a false nine have Miguel Ibarra and Alexi on the wings. And then how many defenders can we get? Can we just have all defenders and Bobby stand on the goal line for the entire game? But you're going to play your first team against LA? Because I, I may, would play, you know, may, just the... the maybe like... paint drop instead of Gomez. Okay. I don't know what side paint drop is more familiar with, but Ibarra can play both sides, so I guess it doesn't really matter that much. Um, Martin, Warner, and Schuler. In the midfield. Um, and then Coleman. No, wait, uh, no, I would do just Warner and Schuler in the midfield. Coleman, Amsberg, Calvo. And then, I don't know if Miller can go, start him and Jerry on the, on the, as fullbacks. Uh, I've actually got this coming up, hopefully by the time that the LAFC game happens. Um, but... It, Minnesota's depth area is in central midfield. So I would say put at least three holding mids out. Um, I personally would either go with Ibarra and Gomez as um, wide strikers, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, play at least three holding mids. <laughs> I would go with five at the back with... Um, Coleman being flanked by Calvo and Boxel, and then Tiazon and whoever is more fit. Yeah, I, if I if I am Inchi, I am playing a full def, uh, park the bus defensive game. Don't leave your own half except on counters. And I'm playing bang up and all the fastest guy and telling them don't exert yourself until you get the best shot. I'm playing for a draw, maybe a win. Yeah, because best, San Jose best case scenario in this game is a draw for right. Minnesota. LA is really potent. They're second in the Western Conference uh, with two games in hand. Um, and San Jose, on the other hand, who we are playing on Saturday, haven't won since March 3rd. So, hey, who was that? Save fitness. It was us. So we get some yeah. revenge. If we, if we yeah. save our fitness, save our first teamers for Saturday, don't, don't go out and, and kill yourselves midweek. Come back, win the easy game, and try to get a point from this one. So anyway, with that, it's uh, it's time to move on to a segment that we call the top step. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. In the top step segment, we cover the latest from America's top step of soccer, our Division One leagues, Major League Soccer and NWSL. First game from MLS this week was Toronto against Philadelphia Union. Both teams coming off slumps into this game. What what happened, guys? Um, Toronto was able to be Toronto again, and they didn't even need Josie Altador to do it. Um, Toronto's back. Yeah. Who's, who's surprised at all? They just delayed their start to the season. They're still going to make the playoffs and be a force. Josie Altador, by the way, you mentioned him being out. He's going to miss four to six weeks following surgery to remove bone spurs in his foot. Are we sure he was he was trying to avoid, he wasn't trying to avoid Vietnam or something? 
I mean, are we are we at war in Vietnam? Things happen so fast now. I don't know who we're at war at anymore. I mean, the Iran deal. We've always been at war with Eurasia. The Iran deal just got torn up, so maybe it's going to be that. Well, I mean, I think this Bones first thing is going to make Josie president in 2040. But anyway, can can you start now? Maybe ask him. I mean, um, no, Twitter's he's pretty not, lit. He's not 35. So. Yeah, so. he's not old yeah. enough yet. Yeah. Um, 3-0 win for Toronto. Um, not much else to say. Philadelphia is terrible so far this year. Someone needs to save Andre Blake from that team because he deserves a lot better. Jovinko did score Toronto's second goal, got his first of the season. And I want to also mention that he makes... Another player, Nicholas Hassler, looked like he's a giant. I looked up how tall Hassler is. He's 5'10". Jovinko is like what happens when you put an uh, image into Photoshop and like scrunch it down with the transform tool. Jovinko is one inch shorter than Quintero. Aha. So Quintero on July 4th will be not the shortest person on the field. There you go. I'm just going to throw this out there. Darwin Quintero is not 5'5". Five five. There's no way that that man is 5'5". Five five. I mean, have you gone up and measured him? Like, what are we talking about here? I mean, I have his jersey up there. We can, like, check out what happened. By the way, my girlfriend got Darwin Quintero's jersey at the end of the game. Was it the ripped one? Uh, no, actually, the one he wore in the second half. Uh, Wikipedia says 5'5", five, five, Colin, so check and mate. There you go. Yeah. All right, Montreal played New England and ended the game with four <laughs> goals to New England's two. Check and mate there as well. Remy Gard had come out and criticized Montreal's Anthony Jackson Hamill in the lead-up to this game, criticizing his effort and training and a few other things. Jackson Hamill somehow still got the start and decided, mm, Remy, I'm going to show you what's up, and scored two goals. Yeah. Uh, Nacho Piatti had three assists and one goal in this game. Um, they're obviously their MVP and one of the better, more, more underrated players in MLS, I think, because he plays in Montreal. But his passes to Jackson Hamel were just inch perfect. It, he's a beautiful, beautiful player to watch. Yeah. And Montreal, by the way, getting their first win after four losses, more of the same police for them. New York Red Bulls playing New York City FC at Red Bull Arena, getting the four goal shades of 2015. Yeah. Not quite seven nothing, but still not good for City. Yeah, it was the red vow renewal. How about that? Um, <laughs> Kaku, Kaku and Velo both with early no, 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 early goals. Kaku makes Velo of Kaka of New York City FC early. A lot of Kaka. Boo. You see Kaku Kaka a lot of it. Anyway, all right, keep going, keep going. You you humored me. That's all I wanted. I'm a sick man. I needed this. It's true. It's true. If you cannot tell, Notch has a cold. Um, <laughs> but f- two goals in five minutes really just set the tone. Um, BWP cannot stop scoring. It, it, it must be really nice to have commentators who say something like that about your players. He can't stop scoring. I don't know what that's like. Uh, I really, I really would like to. There's been times with Christian where I stopped that. 2014, yeah. yeah. You know, but yeah. there was there was that uh, there's that uh, office code. Like, I really like inside jokes. I'd like to be part of one someday. This is how it feels, you know, for me. But um, <laughs> Patrick Vieira, unhappy. I wonder why. If I had the chance to change all the ten players on the field, I was going to do it at halftime. Unquote. Well, uh, David Villa. Definitely having a David Villa game and not a David Villa game. So, um, too bad. Too bad. Somehow, NYCFC is still second in the Eastern Conference table. Somehow. 
Our opponents are tomorrow, LA, uh, hosting FC Dallas, only managing the draw. I'd mentioned before that Urania, Marcos Urania, was not available thanks to a face injury. He's got a broken face. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Wow, neither of you are Pixies fans. Cool. Okay, well, I was going to go with he and Nicolas Cage now look like one another, but anyway. Um, because Urania was out, Diego Rossi moved forward into the striker role with Mark Henrique as their attacking midfielder. Didn't work out quite as planned. LA had 15 shots, only one goal, and only four shots on target. Yeah, the one goal was scored by Steven Bateshaw, who is a defender, but so... Yeah, I mean, he... <laughs> When your best attacker all day is the, as a defender, it's not a good day at the office. Um, Rudy equalizes for FC Dallas after kind of making mincemeat of Lawrence Amon, which he's, is kind of easy to do nowadays. Yeah, I'm saying, is Lawrence Amon that good? No, he's not. Okay, all right. Lee Wynn, LAFC acquiring New England's Lee Wynn. By the way, hashtag free win was used only twice before this trade. What the freaking crap? It's the best that, hashtag I've ever heard. Free win. Uh, anyway, Lee Wynn transferred at the deadline with $700,000 in allocation money. Yeah, uh, good for him for getting out of New England where he obviously was not going to play or didn't want to play for them anymore. Um, good ac- acquisition by uh, LAFC to now they have 13 players that can play instead of 12. But their, wait, their roster is still really thin. They have good depth, for example, though, in on on the wings with Latif Blessing and Omar Gaber being able to be substituted yeah. for one another. And their first team does look really Oh, yeah, really the first good. team is really good, but behind that, there's not a whole lot. Right. So if any of their players say, I don't know, this could happen, say two of their players tear the ACL somehow, I don't know. Did that happen to teams anymore? I don't know. They're, <laughs> they're in a lot of trouble if that happens. Yeah, in a in a world, if if we lived in a society where such things were possible, uh, what God would let that happen to have a team hit two ACL tears? Yeah, Zlatan would. Seattle played Columbus <laughs> in Seattle, and uh, this game ending the scoreline nil nil. Both our favorite players, Dempsey and Zardes. You go, you go, USA. I believe, I believe, believe that. that we will miss. Yes, they, they miss setters, both of them. Uh, Seattle's up. A man for 75 minutes. Pedro Santos kicking Alex Rodon in the in the face area, facial place, neck. Still not good. I mean, I, mean, I thought he was just gonna, you know, he was just auditioning for the local burlesque troupe. He was just like, but, oh, like, you missed know. a spot shaving. I did that for you with my cleat. <laughs> <laughs> to be, be fair, really dangerous if you were playing with razors with your cleats. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> yeah. I so, mean, so hockey, cool. <laughs> yeah, I will say this though, uh, Pedro Santos. Definitely has a job with the Rockets if he uh, yeah if he gets suspended late in the season. Hey, like these tall women and then like short pictures on this, still wearing cleats and a Columbus Crew uniform. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, those those pants are quite loose when they go up. You can see everything. Anyway, let's move on. Chicago playing Atlanta in Chicago, Atlanta. I mean, you know, they're they're horrible and all that. Fucking they, guys. Yeah, they Those got the win again guys. against uh, Chicago. Of course, two one the game. And um, come on, Chicago, what the hell? We d- are yeah. kind of depending on you here. Do better. Yeah, this is what's with all this letting Atlanta win stuff? Because Atlanta do, wouldn't be able to win unless Chicago let them. Do you think they're uh, like saving their energy for the World Cup, Chicago? Yeah, yeah, that's it. I think so. Yeah, yep, I think so. I mean, you know, it's important. I mean, they're America's only chance. So yeah, yeah. That that's why Atlanta won. Otherwise, I think so. Yeah, you know, of course. Anyway, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, they got they got goals from uh, you know the usual suspects, Barco and Martinez. Was about to Barco's first goal in MLS. It's like the opposite of being a usual, usual suspect. suspect yeah. if that's your first goal. He was he's the opposite of Kaiser Jose. Why don't you guys let me put them down, huh? I mean, I you know I hate Atlanta. Why don't you just let me have this little thing? We sit together for hours every Tuesday. I just ask for one thing, which is let me hate on Atlanta. Let me diminish their accomplishments. Let me make mincemeat out of everything they do. I just want one thing, and you have to take it away from me on while I'm sick, too. Um, you want my food as well? You want to go sleep in my bed? Like, what else do you need? I mean, I am hungry, so the so food he, would be great. So Houston won against... <laughs> I don't like conflict, guys. <laughs> uh, man, Houston getting the one goal uh, at the end that got them the win. 3-2 the final score against the Galaxy. Um, God should have been sent off in this one. Oh, yeah. He elbowed a Houston defender in the back of the head, which you can't do unless you're a on apparently. Yeah, I'm not who should have been sent off. In my there, there is a FIFA world regulation 4.8.L Z like a Roman numeral V and then lowercase D. It says Latan. This does not apply. No rules apply to him. So, um, yeah, uh, Memo Rodriguez, um, homegrown player for Houston, scored the game winner. Um, came off a lengthy injury. I think he tore ligaments in his knee, and this was one of his first games back. His first goal since coming off an injury. Uh, also, David Bingham. Isn't it a goalkeeper? No. He hasn't been for a while. No. There's a reason Andrew Tarbell replaced him in San Jose. He's not good. Stop playing him, LA. Although the Galaxy always seem to have a weak spot in goal. He's probably hey, going to um, like be at like Nashville or something next year, probably. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's terrible. Just going to throw this out there for David Bingham's dad. You can reach Caleb at KOLSON716 <laughs> on Twitter. Come at me. Uh, LA have now lost three. And his hair stupid. Sorry. Okay. Uh, LA have now lost three games in a row, and while Dynamo will have three wins in their first five home matches this year. I mean, this is typical Houston. Great at home, terrible on the road. Yeah. SKC playing Colorado at uh, Children's Mercy mm-hmm. Park and coming out with the one-goal win. Nicholson, of course, Sam Nicholson, starting this game and having his pants yanked on by Roger Espinosa, as I said before. That was pretty much all that Sam Nicholson did in this game. Shaloi scored early off the post uh, rebound. He There was another player who got got a shot off the post. Shaloi runs in to get the rebound, scores the goal that gives him the win. Surprisingly, Tim Howard, some good saves. Yeah, great saves by him. Uh, Colorado couldn't really get anything going offensively, and it could have been a lot more in the back of the net for Kansas City in this game if it wasn't for Howard. Our weekly tradition of 2018 is to ask the question, hey guys, are Colorado good? <laughs> uh, no, I'm a... Again, we said, we asked this earlier, and we said maybe, and then they lost three games in a row. So if we say no here, they're going to be unbeaten in their three games. There you go. For sure. Peter Vermees has extended his contract with SKC through 2023, so if the USS have won it, they're going to pay them that sweet money. The word, I I think it was Sam Stagegoal on Extra Time Radio, um, basically said that there was some tire kicking with Vermees about possibly taking the U.S. job might have just been him using that for leverage with Kansas mm-hmm. City. San Jose hosting Portland and losing on a 88th minute Diego Valeri free kick. 
And uh, yes, like I said before, still no wins for San Jose since March 3rd, their first game this season. Oof. Yeah, and a bit too more optimistic for the Saturday because our trajectory has been going up. We haven't been better through acquisitions and trades. And San Jose's time have been staying stagnant in yeah. the market. So this Saturday should hopefully be three-ish points. I'm, I'm, I don't want to get too confident. Yeah. To well, the, on, 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 the, my hopes up. on the other hand, Portland have turned their season around. They're now on a three-game winning streak, which puts them in a good place. You're welcome, Portland. Forward. There you go. Yeah, Orlando playing RSL in the final MLS game, getting those three goals against RSL. So Mike Betke before this game saying, our strategy is to score early and put pressure on Orlando, and then we think we can win. Uh, they did manage to get that early goal in the 15th minute, RSL, but uh, the rest of that strategy didn't didn't work out so well. Uh, I mean, it's not like they weren't putting pressure on Orlando. Um, they just hit the post twice. Yeah, Um Finishing wasn't quite there, and then late in the game, Orlando woke up and started playing. Got uh, goals for um, Justin Miram? Huh? 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 No. Huh? no Finally? Absolutely no. not. Come on. Nope. Come on. He's not going to score this year. Yeah. It's impossible. Mr. Dwyer getting getting a goal, and um, that was sad. I always, I always, a lone tear rolls down my cheek every time Dom Dwyer does well, but... I'm going to throw this out there, and I know that this is going to be a hot take in MLS circles. Um, Orlando are probably the worst team ever to win six straight games in MLS. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know enough to about teams that have won six straight games to disagree with that. Yeah. Does that happen often in MLS? Well, I would Colin, imagine not. Will we ever win six games in a row? Hey, 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 don't ask such difficult questions. Okay? <laughs> this is like asking like, Dad, is 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 little Rover gonna be alive forever? Or can he come to college with me? Tim, you're like four years old. <laughs> when uh, my dad was in seminary, uh, one of his classmates was babysitting me while he had a class, and we were watching Lion King. And I turned to his name is Scott. Turned to Scott and went, Scott, why does Mufasa have to die? And he was with me. And went, um, that's your dad. And just like <laughs> turned the vol- <laughs> and turned the volume up. It's like, oh, okay. Movie. Awkward. <laughs> All right, with that, let's take a quick break. Let us push this podcast's first part off a cliff into a herd of rampaging bison. I think. Will the beast. And also, they turn that up. I, 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 mm, yeah, exactly. Let's tear, do that. Tear rolls down the And eye. part two, part one, son shall take over the Serengeti when we return. Welcome back to We Call It Soccer. This is part two. We are still in the top step segment. Now, let's talk about NWSL. First up, midweek game, Chicago Red Stars losing 0-2 to Orlando Pride in Chicago. Yeah, speaking of Lions, um, Chioma Ubagagu gets a 20th minute opener. Kind of a give and go through traffic with someone that we don't like talking about on this podcast, Sydney LaRue. Uh, Rachel Hill ended up um, getting the insurance goal late on when Alyssa Nair was not able to sweep her keep that well. Spoiler alert, things get better for her throughout the week. 
We had the uh, Portland Thorns playing Seattle in Portland for the Cascadia Derby and 2-3 to three the score. Yeah. yeah, this Derby did not disappoint at all. This was fantastic. If if you are very pressed for time, just watch the second half, but I would say just watch the whole damn thing. Um, second half was just bonkers, though. Emily Sonnet um, beat two defenders on the touchline uh, for Portland's first in the 61st minute. Um, Seattle then get a penalty a couple of minutes later, then... I think probably five minutes after that, uh, Megan Klingenberg um, crossed into the box. Excellent cross to Lindsey Horan and just easy, easy finish. Then uh, Rumi Itsugi scores for Seattle. Brilliant little curling shot into the bottom corner. And then former Portland Thorns keeper Michelle Betos stands on her head and then somehow still gets three amazing reaction saves in the final five minutes. Eight to saves keep, total for her. To keep the win. Just, it, it, it was crazy. Yeah, incredible, incredible game there. Uh, Sky Blue FC playing Houston and getting beat two to three at home. Yep, um, Houston's first win of the year. Um, Rachel Daly and Christine Mewis moved from outside back into attacking roles, and it definitely helped. Um, Nichelle Prince somehow gets at the end of a set piece that was kept in possibly out. Very, very close. Just not entirely sure. Um, Katie Davidson gets a brace of equalizers, um, but Rachel Daly um, kind of gets lucky. Let's just throw Kaylin Sheridan, the Sky Blues keeper, under the bus for tipping it into her own net instead yeah, of... that was brutal to watch. Yeah, instead of clearing it over the crossbar. Uh, Veronica Lotzko gets the winner there. Utah Royals getting their first win since moving to Utah. Uh, 2-0 against the Washington Spirit. Kelly Hohara gets on the end of a soft layoff from Amy Rodriguez for an opening goal in the seventh minute. Um, Diana Matheson had a couple of really good slide tackles that led to goals. Um, the first one, uh, Matheson was able to start the play with a tackle. Nice cross into Rodriguez. Uh, the second one, she just did it herself. Um, slid in and then chipped the keeper. Uh, her first goal since uh, 2016, she missed all of 2017 with an ACL tear. North Carolina Cars league leaders only managing a tie at home and carry against Chicago Red Stars. The game ending 1-1. Uh, this is why we said spoiler alert. Alyssa Nair had an amazing, amazing game in goal. Um, North Carolina was just shooting from every which spot on the field. And save for a, a late, just kind of chaos goal, she was up to the task for everything. A chaos goal from Zerboni. McCall Zerboni. McCall yeah. Zerboni. I will, I will never not laugh when I hear the name Zerboni. And that goal counts it out. Uh, Sam Kerr's first goal of the year, first for Chicago in, in the first half. It's now time to move into a segment that we call Get Low. We get low and get to our wrap-up of U.S. Lower Leagues Soccer. 
First up, U.S. Open Cup playing round news. Brooklyn Italians 3, New York Cosmos B2. <laughs> the, the Cosmos fans. <laughs> Fuck the Cosmos forever. Cosmos fans getting to watch their team play and promptly exit the tournament. Um, A tournament they never should have been in in the first place. It's true. It's true. So it was it was very, very sad. And um, Miami FC 2 in Jacksonville of ye old uh, with a E at, on the old NASL, uh, both advancing. So, yep. Um, the first round of the U.S. Open Cup proper um, starts actually, I think, as we're recording. But uh, the bulk of the matches are going to be um, on Wednesday, including... And I'm going to get a lot of shit from Minneapolis City Faithful. Uh, the first amateur team to play in the U.S. Open Cup proper from Minnesota, Duluth FC. Yay! USL News, Phoenix getting four goals to LA Galaxy 2's three goals. I actually watched this live for no apparent reason at all, <laughs> um, but... I did get to see Didier Drogba get ready for a corner kick, lean over to one of the like VIP tables that two kids were sitting at. He grabbed the water bottle out of a kid's hand, took a drink out of it, gave it back to the kid, then took the corner, which was promptly headed in. Drogba then took the rest of the water bottle and just dumped it on himself in celebration. Better than dumping it on the kid, to be fair. Honestly, I would love to be bathed in the waters of Didier Drogba after he does that. There are some hotel rooms in Moscow where I believe that's possible, so we can we can arrange for this. Oh, trust me. I know where in Phoenix that stadium is. There's a couple of hotels right <laughs> around there that I think you can do that too. FC Cincinnati getting four goals to Atlanta United 2's two goals. At least one Atlanta team lost this week. Emmanuel Ledesma with two goals and an assist. Since he have now won three sta- straight games in a eight-day span. Scoring 11 goals to take the top spot in the East. Um, on the other hand, OKC Energy lost 1-0 uh, late against Swope Park Rangers. It is their seventh straight loss. Uh, Ottawa got their first win at home against Penn FC. Penn FC uh, had a, t- a former Loons player on their team, Tiago Calvano, made an appearance for them. And, by the way, the USL player of, is it the week or the month? I can't remember. It's Tom Heineman of Penn FC. He who was scratched by Cincy for not being fit enough. So well, He scratched them with his wolf claws. And then ate a bunch of people in yeah. the crowd because yeah, that's what he does. NPS, horrible sights, horrible scenes. Some quick NPSL updates. Minneapolis City having their season opener this past weekend, traveling to Sioux Falls where they got a 2-2 draw. Yeah, um, apparently semi-physical game, uh, kind of win-marred. Uh, Whitney Brown can't stop scoring. Um, had a goal in there friendly against Luther College. Had a goal against Sioux Falls. Uh, the rest of NPSL North um, all get started this weekend, including at least a kind of semi-feasible doubleheader to drive between Minnesota Twin Stars and Minneapolis City, all coming after the San Jose game at 1 o'clock. Oof. 
Let's now That's going to be a fun day for me. Let's now move into our next segment that we call The System Only Dreams in Total Darkness. Now, I had a, had a question from someone after our first uh, reboot show asking me why we call this segment The System Only Dreams in Total Darkness. Uh, this segment, of course, being the one where we talk about a U.S. national teams. It's a song by The National. That's that's the reference. That's the joke. You know, that, you know, like... I mean, there's there's plenty of other jokes about the U.S. system being in total darkness at this point, but... Yeah. So we, we, we'll switch to a different one the next time, the, when, when the next World Cup qualification starts or when we have a coach or something good happens. I don't know. We might be waiting a while. Is there but. anything optimistic in the national catalog? I don't believe so. Yeah. So uh, the U.S. men's national team will officially not be participating in the 2019 Copa America. And uh, that uh, Comnable has announced that Qatar and Japan will take the invite spots. Woohoo. Very exciting for them. Yeah. A uh, report last month suggested that potentially the U.S. and Mexico would be uh, sending their B squads in. Um, that's apparently not happening. Okay. Let's now move into a segment that we call the Stiff Upper Leagues. What are you doing in England? Mind your own business. In the stiff upper leagues, we turn our noses at the pedestrian soccer from America and follow football from its traditional home, England. And uh, the first game we have to talk about is Arsene Wenger's last game at the Emirates. Uh, Shock of shocks, people actually stayed after this game. The Emirates was still full. It hadn't emptied out by the final whistle. Uh, Arsenal getting five goals against Burnley, who... Did what they were supposed to do. They rolled over and played dead and allowed Arsene to get his big win, leaving Ar- the Arsenal job. Yeah. Um, the- Don't cry. I see those tears forming. Just hold it together, Colin. We'll get through the next 10 minutes together. I, I already- 10 minutes? Oh, oh What man. am I going to do in 10 minutes? Um, yeah. Mm. Um, it, it, it was a really good ceremony after the game. Um, Wenger was gifted the uh, golden trophy that they received after the Invincible season. Um, the game itself, Burnley didn't show up, and Arsenal, surprisingly enough, actually did. Two goals from Aubameyang and a goal and an assist for Lacazette. There was a great graphic on Reddit earlier showing the stats breakdown for Olivier Giroud, uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, and Michi Batshuayi, showing that all three have been fairly effective for each of the clubs that they went to, showing that that whole carousel trade that occurred in the January Transfer window went pretty well. Burnley actually clinched a Europa League spot this weekend. I think it was before the game, so I think they might have been on the beach or just not have cared that much. They already clinched their spot in the Europa League. That is phenomenal work for Sean Dyche's men. Chelsea playing Liverpool and getting the win. Mo Salah having not played well for the last three games for Liverpool. He's he's saving it up for the Champions League final, guys. I'm not worried. You're worried. Don't let me like that. I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Everything is fine. Honestly, right. honestly, the most important part of this game was beforehand when Michael Buffer, the uh, famous boxing and wrestling announcer, came onto the pitch to read out the uh, player names, and was promptly hit with the Stanford Bridge sprinkler system. Ah, uh, that sucks. The aforementioned Olivier Giroud scored the lone goal in the game. 
What's wrong with Shabian getting a 1-0 win over Tottenham Hotspur <laughs> who are now at serious risk of missing out on the Champions League spots. Hey, they're at least finishing like close to the top four or in the top four. What's Arsenal doing again? Okay. I don't fucking care. Spurs are being Spursy and it's great. Some questions of if Harry Kane's actually fit and back from his injury. Um, he did come back early, earlier than usual for the injury that he had. Um, hasn't been as effective since then. And, and this, of course, screws England and, for the World Cup as yeah, much as absolutely. Spurs. And the, the late goal by Jake Livermore is, was in the 94th minute? Like, late, late goal. Uh, goal mouth scramble. Um, that was actually offsides, but wasn't reviewed, so it's okay. We've got to take a second to commend West Bromwich Abbey manager Darren Moore, who has managed to turn around... Well, I mean, let's be honest. He's turned around the Titanic after it hit the iceberg because they still yeah. got relegated thanks to Southampton's win today. But Dicks. at the same time, he has done exceedingly well given the shambles that was in place after our Alan Pardew left. And so he was Premier League Manager of the Month this yeah, month. He has as many wins with uh, West Brom this year as uh, Alan Pardew and Tony Pulis do combined. So that's just to show you what dire straits they were in when he took over. Darren Moore for England. Darren Moore for U.S. men's national team. <laughs> Stoke relegated after losing to Crystal Palace 2-1. Uh, and Roy Hodgson, speaking of incredible turnarounds, Crystal Palace, I remember when we were laughing at them at the start of the EPL season. Incredible recovery. Uh, I remember when people were like, well, don't be prepared for Hodgson not to turn things around right away. He might need some games. Turns out he didn't. He just came in and turned it around. Roy Hodgson, good coach. And a... a- Team that has been absolutely ravaged by injuries. Um, he and had, where their star player, Benteke, is totally out of form. I, I would and argue remains. that Zaha is their, is their star yeah, player, Zaha's but he's also been injured player. this year. Yeah. And with uh, Benteke out, he's been playing wingers as strikers and has been playing no wingers because he doesn't have any wingers. So he's been playing, been playing strikers. So he's been really innovative in his approach to the game this year. And give him an offseason to kind of build the team that he wants. And I think they can maybe mid table, top half next year for Crystal Palace. Another shock result. Brighton Hove Albion getting a 1-0 win over Manchester United who are the, the Dr. Jekyll and <laughs> Mr. Hyde team. And with that win, Brighton secure a spot in the Premier League next season. Someone who will now find their fate out of their hands are Swansea who lost to Southampton just today by one goal. Um, Southampton player Benderek had to be subbed off Laid on. I still don't know why he collapsed, but he just collapsed and stayed on the pitch. Was the, they were doing one of those things where the camera wasn't showing what was happening, so it Which seemed is to be never pretty good. And he didn't want to leave the pitch. The trainers had to like yank him off, and one of the Swansea trainers was like telling him, "Like, dude, no, you can't stay on the pitch." That actually allowed Gabbiadini to come in, who then scored the winner off a corner. Um, some so the rest of the football league um finished up this past weekend. Premier League finishes up this weekend. Um, real quick. Championship. Cardiff City will join Wolves in the Premier League next season. Uh, Fulham, Aston Villa, Middlesbrough, and Derby County will play in the promotion playoffs. Uh, along with Sunderland, which we mentioned earlier, Barnsley and Burton Albion will join on the League One. Um, back up in the Championship next season will be Wigan Athletic and Blackburn, two historic clubs that have been on hard times recently. Back in the Championship, um, looking to back into the Premier League. Um, some A note from the lower leagues, uh, Coventry City. Um, finished in top six of a lead since for the first, first time since the 1970s. They were a top uh, division that wasn't really yet, the top division team for a long time. Suffered three relegations that time down to lead two 
and for the past how many years have finished either seventh or last in their lead. Uh, in final news from this segment, Dulwich Hamlet FC have been promoted to the National League South, which ends over a hundred years of their time in the Isthmian League. This was the team that had their ground bought by a different, a different bank or a different owner developer. and developer, and wanted them forced out of their um, stadium. So that's a great news for that team to actually get a promotion. Hopefully, find a better landlord for this new stadium. Let's now move into a segment where we, which we call They Don't Call It Soccer in brackets. Some do, though, where we cover soccer from the rest of the world that we haven't talked about yet. First up, Bundesliga. Steaming, steaming hard Bundesliga with that fourth place up for grabs. Um, as it stands, we have Dortmund at 55 points on in third. Hoffenheim in fourth with 52. Bayer in fifth with 52. And then RB Leipzig in sixth with 50 with again just one game to go i'll just tell you who's playing who the most exciting game is going to be hoffenheim uh number four playing dortmund number three which is going to be an exciting finish if dortmund um concede three goals to hoffenheim they will move down into fourth place and then if Bayer scores six goals um they'll be able to to pip dortmund on goal difference so that to me would be the most exciting way for this to go dortmund not ending up in the champions league because uh, uh two results went against them we have um buyer playing hanover on the final match and leipzig playing hertha bsc leipzig this past week getting a 4-1 win over Wolfberg, whereas Hoffenheim losing 2-0 to stuttgart so. uh, mario gamas with both goals which Here's your reminder, Mario Gamos still around. And still banging in goals for Stuttgart this year. Um, in the lead below, FC St. Pauli has secured their place and the, um, they're secured their safety and, and will be in this uh, fine Bundesliga lead again next season. They were in danger of relegation, but results on this past weekend secured their safety. So good for them. One match day left. So Turkish Super League, we've got two games to go. The top four in that league, also incredibly close. Galatasaray 69 points up nice. top. Their rivals Fenerbahce in 66th. Uh, we've got Istanbul, Basaka, Sihir in 60. Yeah, that sounds 60, good. Also 66 points in third place. And then Besiktas with 65 coming to Besiktas in fourth place. Yeah, uh, two games left in that one, right? Yeah, yeah. two games to go. A uh, bit of interesting news from the Superliga. Uh, we had Florentine Pogba, older brother of Paul, who was playing with his uh, Genkler Beer League teams. It kind of sounds like Genkler Beer League team. Anyway, I don't think that's what it is. but And I also think those Gs are silent. But I'm just going to say Genkler Beer League. Uh, he was... His team was 1-0 down, so they were fighting for an equalizer. He gets a minor injury in the 88th minute, feels he can't go on. Unfortunately, they've used up all their subs, so the coach doesn't want to take him out. He just starts walking off the pitch, gets to the sideline, takes off his shirt, starting to go down to the locker room, and his teammates run off the pitch after him and start tussling with him. Also reports that he was assaulted and had to have security protect him in the dressing room afterwards. His teammates, of course, livid that the dude isn't staying on the pitch to fight for that equalizer. Um, also some reports that he hasn't been putting in enough effort, blah, blah, blah. That kind of like, he's paying too much attention to social media, not the team kind of situation. So who knows? Just uh, 
always entertaining to watch players start fighting with one of their own. La Liga had the El Clasico last week. Yeah, 2-2 draw. Um, Ronaldo scores and subsequently sprains his ankle falling into the net. Um, He gets subbed off at halftime. Lionel Messi, absolute worldly for the second goal for Barca. Um, Just kind of falling away after um, cutting across to deke out. I think two defenders. I'm hot take. I'm gonna say Bills is better. Bills goal is better. Um, yeah, that's that's fair. Oh, okay. I would not expect that to be accepted with just no fight at all. I mean, I, okay, yeah. I mean, Bills goal was better. Decreed right. by we call it soccer. Unanimous vote. Yeah. I also want to mention that Andres Iniesta's last game was. Last El Clasico, his jersey from it was given to Sergio Ramos with a little nice little note about how they how they had you know tussled as adversaries and for teammates for Spain. So it's a good stuff for him. Yeah, heartwarming. Let's now move into a segment that we call Soccer Things, where Colin dips into the deep dark corners of the soccer world to bring you stories you won't and shouldn't believe. So. The thing that we didn't talk about with El Clasico was the fact that there were probably seven potential straight red cards that didn't get called as fouls. Uh, Gareth Bale went studs up into a Barcelona player. Wasn't a foul. Um, Marcelo somehow did not get a penalty when he was ripped down in the box late on. Um, And yet still Sergio Roberto couldn't escape it. He still got sent off uh, by slapping Marcelo in the face. I'm fairly certain I know what happened in this game. Everybody talks about how terrible video assistant refereeing has been. I'm fairly certain that the referees for this game took it upon themselves to ensure that video assistant refereeing gets instituted because very clearly they could not have done a worse job at controlling this game. Every single one of those fouls could have been reviewed by VAR and more than likely would have resulted in multiple people being sent off because, as MLS fans know, Potential red card offenses are VAR acceptable. La Liga doesn't have VAR yet. I'm just saying, this was probably the game where the referee said, you know what? We need to make sure that we get help next year. Whether or not that passes muster with the English fans of La Liga, who fucking cares? They, they are wrong about VAR. They're just going to get knocked out of the the World Cup by VAR, hold on to their attitude about it, and be the last country to institute the system in, like, 2030. No, it's, it's England. They'll be knocked out in the knockout rounds through penalties, like always. By the Germans. By Germans, somehow. Yeah, yeah. somehow. Okay, well, uh, with that, let's knock out our Twitter handles. Yeah, um, if you're David Bingham's dad or anyone else on Twitter, you want to follow me or attack me on Twitter, I'm at Tails in 716. Um, 
I've also read for, I also read for fifty five one. Checked out my uh, match recap on LAFC, the Damien's LAFC, either tonight or whenever you're listening to this, it's probably to be out. Um, also, thanks to uh, Tectonics for letting us use their song "Lustless" for our theme song. Um, it's a great song, great band. Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Bandcamp. Uh, you can find my uh, tweets at the attachment. You can find my writing at E Pluribus Lunum. I should have an article out hopefully in the next day, um, especially because it will be out of date otherwise, um, about bunkering against Vancouver. Um, you can also more than likely find me at one of the 12 different NPSL and WPSL games uh, that I am committed to covering for that fine website. You can find me at TWO United Fans. You can find this podcast on fine podcast providers everywhere. Please tell your friends about it so that we can have them as our newest listeners. And with that, we'll take a week off and return on next Tuesday. Goodbye, everyone. Feed me, feed me.